Hey, welcome back. This is Dr. Heidi with It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Rid your life of toxic people. And we are at getting close to episode 50. I keep saying that and I keep forgetting to count. Um, this week we passed a milestone. It's Not Normal, It's Toxic podcast is one year old as of the 24th. So that was kind of cool for me to reach that because um, I actually stuck with it. And I love that I have a listening community it's starting to get with, if I don't do a podcast in a couple days, I feel like I'm missing you guys. So anyway, yay for the podcast because it has um, gotten to the opposite side of the planet, which just me um, doing what I do without the podcast, I would not be able to get the information to as many people. So thank you again for sharing the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, I am going to ask you for a favor today. If any of you are listening to it on a platform that you can write a review and, um, and you have learned something from the podcast or you found value in it, if you have time, um, I would appreciate it if you could give me a review because um, I would like to get feedback from you guys. Uh, let's see. I think we're officially on 10 of the platforms now. We are 10 days away from the It's Not Normal, It's Toxic annual conference that we're having here in St. Louis on the 5th, 6th, and 7th of April. There are still tickets available. So if you are wanting to attend that, you can go to coachingwithdrheidi.com and the registration page is on there. If you're having questions, you can email in or you can reach me through the Coaching with Dr. Heidi Facebook page. Um, today, I actually uh, have a guest with me and her name is Lori. Hi, Lori. Welcome. It's only taken me six months to talk Lori into doing this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Actually, I have known Lori for quite some time, and I have gotten to be very good friends with Lori. So I really felt like um, the stuff that she's been through, both before and since I've known her, could shed a little light on um, some of some of you who are in situations that may be similar. And it's, I think it's always good to hear as many situations as you can because if you don't relate to one, you're going to relate to somebody else's. And anything that you can pick up as tips or, okay, great, so-and-so tried this and it worked, um, I encourage as much education as you can. So we're going to talk to Lori today a little bit about the stuff that she's been through. And um, she actually lives pretty close to me. And so we have gotten to spend quite a bit of time together. And I know her story. I know her most recent story very well. I don't know as much about her past story. So are you gonna, you're going to share a little bit of that today, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So you guys will be learning just, just like I am. So the first thing I was going to ask is, well, I'm going to tell the story first. Um, I had known Lori for about six months or so and seemed very, very positive, happy lady that laughed all the time, uh, very confident, very outgoing, and I would have never ever thought that she was in the situation she was in and until one day she came to the office and I could just tell something was wrong and I remember asking her if she was okay and were you already crying or then you started crying? I started crying. And then she started crying. <laughs> And, and it was a shock to me because this is the woman that I thought, oh, this is the most positive, happy lady I've ever met. And now she's crying in my office and I don't, I don't really know what's going on. And um, anyway, as it ended up, her and I's history um, kind of paralleled. And she, 
I would never have known that if we wouldn't have, um, if I wouldn't have asked her that day. So she has gone through several of, of the events that I've had. Um, super huge supporter. If you've attended one of my retreats, um, Lori has done a lot. She, the last retreat you were the cook, mm -hmm. which was, fun. it was fun <laughs> and it was way more food than anybody needed. Um, but so she's been around coaching with Dr. Heidi for a, a quite a long time. And actually she worked in my wellness center before the whole coaching thing started. So that gives you a little bit of background on how well I actually know her. But um, I just have a few questions for her today and I'm going to ask her the question and I'm going to go ahead and just try not to interrupt. I'm, I'm a very good interrupter, but try not to interrupt and just let her um, answer the question kind of at her own speed and in her own way. This is a little bit nerve wracking when any of you, any of you who've been in it know that when you have to talk about it, sometimes it makes you have a pit in your stomach. So uh, we're going to keep this super relaxed, but I know she's got a lot of good stuff to, to say. So Lori, when we first met, I was just describing you as super positive and super laughy and very confident. Mm -hmm. How, this was not a question that we talked about, but how did you portray yourself when you met me? Um, was it the same view that I had when I met you? No. No. I was um, sad, confused, anxious, um, very unhappy with not only the situation I was in, but with myself. Um, if you remember, I was about 50 pounds heavier at that time than I am now. Um, just in an overall gray cloud, I guess. But you, like, you would have never known that. So, the reason I I wanted to talk about this is because I know that we are all um, very good at compartmentalizing, and when we have to pretend we're happy and pretend everything's great in our life, we're very good at it. Lori was extremely, extremely good at it because I had zero clue that any of this stuff was going on um, in her life. So, Lori, then when was it that made you realize that you were in something that was unhealthy? Um, honestly, it really wasn't until you and I started talking and you started asking me questions about stuff. And then um, you gave me a test to take um, and I took it and... And you hated it. Back. Yeah, I did. Um, and that's, I think that's kind of the first time that it really resonated with me. I mean, I knew that um, somewhere, like, it, this is not how a relationship was supposed to be. Um, but I grew up in a very toxic um, situation as a child. Um, my mother and stepfather had a toxic relationship. Um, a lot of yelling and screaming and um, throwing of things and just not the right way to communicate um, with one another when you're having a disagreement, I guess. Um, so based off that environment that I grew up in, I figured that's just how things were. That's how mm -hmm. you communicated. That's that's what I that's what I knew. That was my normal. Um, which is funny because um, I've been married twice. Um, my first marriage wasn't toxic at all. Um, 
actually a very wonderful, kind man. Um, but I ended that about nine years into the marriage. And when I think about it and I look back on it now, I almost wonder if it wasn't because I was bored, I guess, for lack of mm-hmm. a well, word. And used to living in drama and right. chaos. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was used to resolving things by screaming and yelling and you know, drama, you know, having drama around me, I guess, was, I don't want to use the word exciting, but... Was, um, well, it was familiar. It was familiar, yeah. And he wasn't a yeller or a fighter, and he just simply didn't engage in any of that. And um, So that was uncomfortable. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so um, that ended. Um, I ended ended that. Um, and then not long after, I found myself in my relationship with my second husband. Um, and let me tell you, that was normal. <laughs> oh, we went back to normal. We went back to normal. Um, I felt very comfortable, um, and I fell really fast. Um, but I think we had our first major blowout within weeks. Of being married? Um, No, of dating. dating. Yeah. Um, But. But you weren't weren't worried. No. Yeah. No, that's kind of what I knew. Um, And, you know, we broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together. Um, So, so the coaster ride. So, then how long were you married? Um, We were in our relationship for 16 years, we were married for 14 of those years um, about three years into the marriage um, after I had my son was when I really started to notice a drastic change it wasn't just kind of bickering and, and arguing but it was just full-blown confrontations over small things insignificant very things. insignificant things um, but I was a new mom, and I had quit my job to stay at home, and I think I just focused on, I was so focused on being a new mom and mm-hmm. being at home that I just tucked it away. I just ignored it and really didn't think about it too much. Um, and then pretty soon that probably became normal. That became very normal. <laughs> um, I stayed at home for about seven years. I did work um, part-time from my home, um, but I had, you know, none of your typical benefits, things like that, and I didn't make, you know, a lot of money. Um, And I found myself feeling 100% dependent upon Mm -hmm. him. Um, I was... Money for money, health oh, yeah. insurance, yeah, um, approval probably, <laughs> yeah, um, and um, love and attention, as weird as I guess that kind of sounds. Actually, that doesn't sound weird. That sounds exactly like all all of us have had, and and I think it's funny too because there could be fifty people in the room that you don't really care about having their love and attention, but when 
you've been made to feel like you're not good enough for one person's love and attention. Well, you that's fight so hard. That's the only one that you want to mm-hmm. fight for. Yeah. So, so then, what was your biggest struggle in deciding to end the relationship? Um, well, or, dependency, um, fear, being alone, feeling like I, I couldn't make it on my own. Um, but I think mostly it, and I think that we kind of touched on this um, in some chats within um, one of your Facebook groups, um, was it was mostly my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a healthy relationship myself to build off of, to know what was, for lack of, I guess, better word, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I started to realize that after spending time around people who were in healthy relationships, I knew that I didn't want that for my girls. Mm-hmm. So I had two girls and a son. And I just knew that for my girls, I wanted them to have better. So it was better for me to be on my own than to be in an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. with someone. I didn't want them thinking that that's how relationships work. Well, and in an unhealthy mental state. Yes. I wasn't, I mean, I was really of no, I wasn't, I won't say I wasn't a good mom. I, I was the best mom I could be at the time. Um, but there was no way that I was 100%. Well, and, and you know, when you're, to be. when you're trying to raise, because I did this too, when you're trying to raise, um, I shouldn't say especially females because I don't want to do that. I've just only raised females. But when you're trying to be an example of confidence and self-worth, when we don't think they can see it and they can clearly see it. I mean, your kids see everything. So whatever we thought we were hiding from them, we're not. No. And so when you think back, you're like... We think we're sneaky. Yes. It makes way more sense (laughs) for to actually be an example of confidence and self-worth as opposed to pretending... Mm Mm-hmm that we have confidence and self-worth when we really have zero. Um, so so now, um, how long have you been out of that relationship? Um, I've been divorced for almost it's a year and a half, almost two years. And so have you ever looked back and thought, oh, I wish I didn't do that? Um, you know... No, I personally don't. Um, I am currently in a relationship, and it's a very healthy relationship, and um, I have made comments before that I don't think that I would have appreciated this man as much as I do if it wouldn't have been for what I went through. Yep, I told Because you. it, he would have been my not normal. Mm-hmm. I would have totally looked the other direction. You know what? And I remember when you started seeing him, you struggled with the not normal mm-hmm. and him being very nice. I did. Yeah. I did. He would set an alarm like 10 minutes before I was supposed to get up and he'd go make me coffee and bring it in and good morning and here's your coffee. And I was like, I remember texting you and going, 
all right, this guy's kind of laying it on thick. <laughs> you know, like, is this normal? Like, what in the world? Which is and funny, too, because if I had not had the same exact experience with the man that I'm married to now, I wouldn't have had any answers for her. But I'm like, I know, it seems way too good to be true. It was. But what you just said about how, you know, it's not that we'd ever want to go through it again, but looking back at the person we are now, you would not have, you won't appreciate the things that are good in life if you wouldn't have something mm-hmm. to compare it to. Yeah. Um, so now that you've got, you know, your feet on the ground and you feel like you're moving forward and the kids are doing well and you survived and you don't mind being alone and um, what do you feel like do you struggle with? Like as far as do you have what we call triggers or do you have stuff that pops back up or what, what do you find that will occupy your mind that drags you back in? Um, for me, it's failure. I've been married and divorced twice. Um, so there's a little bit of fear there where I guess I can't help but have to, you know, look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, is it something you, you know, I'm doing, um, wrong, you know, um, so I struggle with that. I think our immediate reaction is, what did I do wrong? Yeah. You know, because if you're used to, whether you did it wrong or not, if you're used to taking the blame, you just get programmed to, what did mm-hmm. I do wrong? What am I in trouble for now? Yeah. yeah. Um, and being myself, um, that's the biggest struggle because for so long, you I spent so many years not being able to express myself um, in any way, really, uh, emotionally, mm-hmm. um, physically. Um, I, there was always a fear of saying the wrong thing and there being this explosive confrontation over, you know, constantly walking on eggshells. I mean, the second we would hear the garage door open, you could just feel the air just getting sucked out of the yeah, room. Yeah, like what kind just, of mood is he in? Yeah, and you're like, oh, gosh, like, here it goes, you know. Um, I, I remember, you know, you struggling, and I did the same thing, struggling with even making simple decisions okay. for fear of what if I made the wrong decision. When, mm-hmm. when even what do you want for supper should be a simple decision, but um, when you come mm-hmm. out of something where you're, like you said, dependent, making simple decisions are completely overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, like I said, I've been divorced for a little over a year and a half, and just recently I've been to, um, a little addicted to Hobby Lobby, because <laughs> there's nothing on my walls in my home. There's, That's right, you said that. There's nothing. Um, I could never, I guess, move on and lot, redo yeah. it. Um, you know, here I've had this place of my own that I can do whatever I want with it. And I simply just, yeah, I could not make my own decision and trust my own choice without asking somebody else to make it for you. right, yeah. So now don't you think it's funny that the farther you get into it, now you think, okay, well, I could buy that for my wall. And if I don't like it, I can take it. Back. I can take it down, and I can yeah. take it back, and yeah. and it, and it no, seems so for easy. Me, it was if yeah. you bought it, that was it. That you made your choice, and <laughs> right, that was just 
you know. So if you had um, something that you wanted to share with people who may be struggling with, you know, similar situations, what were, what advice would you give them? Um, to not be ashamed um, and to talk and to share. Um, surround yourself with positive people um, and trust yourself to make that that decision um, I think that was probably one of my my, my bigger struggles was feeling like I wasn't allowed to share because mm -hmm. it was going to bring a negative light to mm -hmm. my, my former spouse, um, which in no way is ever, you know, my intent. My, my intent was always to, to share and to try to reach out and help others and help other people, mm -hmm. which I've been able to do. Which I totally see that that's your intent. However, we have had some instances where other people will accuse you of your intent being making exactly. his life yes. miserable. Yes. Um, and I will tell you, I've watched Lori this long enough. She has she has trudged through the having to separate friend groups uh, because of the divorce, and you know finding her place in different ones, and being attacked by. Um, verbally attacked by the friends that mm -hmm. she used to be with and she's really had to make some hard decisions on okay who, who am I who am I allowing in my life mm -hmm. and you're finally feeling like it's okay to not have to have everybody it like yeah it, it's actually very freeing feeling yeah to know that it, I have a choice it's um, it may have initially been their choice to separate themselves and, and exclude, I guess. Um, and I remember feeling very, um, not even angry, just really sad and confused and yeah. hurt. And like, a little bit left out. Very left out, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I didn't, and I didn't understand that. Um, and then I realized that it's not for me to understand. Yeah, it's they weren't your choice. People. They weren't your people, people anyway. Um, so, so um, just to close here, I just thought of something. Um, the day that Lori came to my office and I asked her if she was okay and she started crying, I gave her an assignment and how, I, I told you you had to list 10 things that, mm -hmm. you, that you liked about yourself mm -hmm. or 10 things that you could do well. 10 things that I liked about myself. So I, I gave her an assignment that she had to write 10 things that she liked about herself. And you would have thought I asked her to like... Perform brain surgery. Yes, or take down the Eiffel Tower and rebuild it or something. But she literally brought it back to me the next day, and I think you had two things on it. I had three. Cooking. You were a good mom. And I think you had you were a good friend. Mm -hmm. um, and so now, today, if I told you to, we won't do ten, but give me five things that you like about yourself that can't be the three you just gave me. Um, my last. Yes. Which I used to hate. Um, gosh, it's still such a hard thing, and I just think that it's just it's just me. Um, my personality, um, which is something I had always struggled with. Um, I love 
to laugh and I love to make other people laugh. Um, and I remember our constantly being told, you know, you're not funny. You think you're funny, but you're not funny. Um, so at the end of an evening, you know, of spending time with friends, I would literally go home and be almost sick to my stomach thinking, gosh, you know, did I say the wrong thing? Did I do the wrong thing? Did I, um, you know? Yeah, I know. So, what did I do wrong? Right, right back so, to the usual. Um, so I think my personality and being, you know, being funny um, is something that... Um, That's what everybody that meets her remembers for us. <laughs> the hilarious lady that laughs really loud. I like to have fun. Um, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. um, but you, can, you have not been able to say that no. for a long time. No, um, and I'm happy with myself. Like it's not accepting of yourself. Yeah, I am. I am who I am. Um, I love to. Um, I'm good at entertaining, throwing parties, especially themed stuff, <laughs> which I always try to suck you into. Um, <laughs> um, and she's she's. I'm gonna jump in. She's developing um, very good leadership skills, both through your job mm -hmm. and through. You don't do a ton with me, but when you when I need somebody to help, you know, the leadership skills are mm -hmm. coming through, which she would have never done that before. So, no. um, is there anything else you want to add? Um, kind of going back to the advice um, for others. Um, I think one of my biggest things was um, don't borrow trouble. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, stop looking at social media pages. Stop asking questions um, about them. Um, and if people are telling you information, you have the right to say. Yeah, you have the right to say you don't want to know. Uh, yeah, I don't want to know. Um, don't ask for help. You know, um, if you can go completely non-communicating, um, great. But like for me, you know, we have a child. So there has to be some there, but, um, it, you know, to keep it just on topic. Um, Which that's a hard lesson to learn, too. It's very hard. Um, I still feel the need to want to reach out and share um, things, but um, I've had to realize that um, I, can't, I can't do that. Yeah. Any, con any contact is detrimental to you, yeah. regardless of what it. Yeah. Um, and then I think the big, the biggest surprise for me, um, entering in a new relationship, if there's advice to give, um, when you find yourself dating again, and um, like for me, you know, I I dated briefly right after my um, my divorce. Because um, you had asked about anything repetitive, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't a toxic relationship, um, but it was not the right fit mm -hmm. for me. Um, it was very wonderful, but you recognized. But you recognized I did. it. Yeah. Um, I found myself. There were things I wanted in a relationship that I knew he couldn't give me, and I found myself settling and compromising mm -hmm. my own 
needs and wants. Just like you just had. Just because somebody yeah. had come along and, and given me this attention. Um, and I quickly realized that I could not, I could not do that. Um, which made me very happy with myself that I would be yes. able to recognize that and, and to be able to put that to an end. Um, and be and feel okay about feel it, okay about and it. not not feel guilty about hurting his feelings. Right. Um, the other thing that we would before we started this, Lori and I were talking, and she said the other thing she loves now about herself is she can sit home with you know order in Chinese and watch a movie and be completely fine by herself, which is something huge to overcome. I look forward to it. Yeah, our identity gets based on who we're with. Mm-hmm. You know, so and so's wife or so and so's mom or so and so's. Yeah. And it takes a lot to be able to be like, you know what, I like myself enough to sit and watch a movie with yeah. myself. And and not get on social media. Not sit there and, and like going back to borrowing trouble, you know, getting on social media and scrolling through and seeing what I'm missing out on and what I wasn't invited to. What you don't know won't hurt you. Right. <laughs> and that is so true. And, in, in, and it's very hard to do. Yeah. I 100% know that. I mean, there was a long period of time where I did spend time if I got wind that someone was having a get together and I would you turn into a detective. Yes I did. And guess what? It all it did was make it worse. Right, upset you. Yeah. It didn't upset it, them no, at all. And it didn't resolve anything. So um when I find myself, you know, in a Friday night or whatever where I'm alone and um at times it, it used to be it used to be sad. Um I won't lie about that. Um, but now I actually look forward to it, um, and I I enjoy spending time on my own, um, and I don't feel lonely. Lonely, and I don't feel left yeah. out or ex- or or excluded. And and I love that she said that because honestly, you know, I was you know in contact with her through her whole divorce, which was a long process, mm-hmm. and that was her. One of her biggest hang-ups was the fear of being lonely. And now she can sit here a year and a half later and say, I can sit by myself and I'm not lonely. So that is... I actually look forward to it. Yeah, that is huge. Mm -hmm. So um, Lori is actually going to be at the It's Not Normal, It's Toxic conference um, for part of the time. So now that you've heard her, if you are one that's going to attend, we can direct you uh, towards her if you have a question. Because she really has a firm foundation on what she's been through and where she's headed and what she... Maybe we don't always know exactly what we want, but when we've gone through something like that, we're, we're pretty sure we know what we don't want again. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can listen to yourself and choose yourself when that happens, um, you'll, be on the right, yeah. you'll be on the right track. Don't, you know, don't pretend that you're something you're not and don't try to hide, mm-hmm. hide your past from, from your next relationship. Um, yeah, especially from You can't tuck it away and pretend it didn't happen. It happened. Um, and... Opening up is a scary thing to do. It was very scary for me to do. Um, and in fact, I just I always say I gave him the Cliff Notes version mm-hmm. <laughs> of things. Yeah. I left out the details. Um, and then about four months into the relationship, I realized, wow, this guy's. Well, and I special. think if they don't know, you think you can control the triggers, but, but as soon as triggers start coming yeah. up, it's better yeah. to yeah. And, and you know, you were the one that gave me that advice and said, you know, you've. You have to let him know. Um, he, you know, don't 
don't expect don't him to understand and don't right. expect him to understand something that he doesn't doesn't know. Um, and after giving him the, the cliff notes version, I guess um, he actually went out on his own and googled things and pulled up information to read to better understand. Um, you know what I was going through because he cared about me and he wanted to be supportive and um, which is a whole different concept after you've been undermined very, for so many years very I yeah I couldn't believe it I'm like who is this guy so let me ask you this um, he didn't and he didn't berate me for not mm-hmm. for not telling the detail mm-hmm. he gave me my space and um, he was very patient and and understanding and he didn't try to bully me into talking about something I wasn't ready to talk about, which in my prior relationship, if I said, I just don't want to talk about it right now, can we talk about it later? It was met with, mm-hmm. no, like he, he had to know, like it, it drove him crazy that there was something that was going on that I wasn't saying. And so when I found myself in this relationship and someone was giving me this time in this space and not pushing me I remember thinking okay wow like mm-hmm. okay like I don't have to say anything else all right so remember when you were worried about ever dating again because you didn't want to trust anybody mm-hmm. so now who do you have to trust to make the decisions for you me right Myself. Yeah. yeah. And and I know when we come out of relationships like that, we're like, we're never dating again. And I don't trust anybody. And, and I'm never getting married again. I'm never dating but, again. But when you, when you simplify it down to really the only person you have to trust is yourself, mm-hmm. it makes it a whole lot easier. It is. Um, and I trusted him. I He gave me the time and the space, like I said, without pushing, and gained my trust to where I was able to finally sit down and have a conversation with him um, all the way back to my childhood. Um, Which is things that I've I've never even talked about. Right. Which things that you probably forgot about until you started talking. I never even talked about with my my former spouse. Yeah. Um, He just... Accepted it. Yeah, I there was I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel like um, I was going to say the wrong thing, um, and so I was able to get to that point where I opened up, you know, a hundred percent with them. Um, I still wrote the things down and didn't go into a whole bunch of detail. Um, for me, I found it easier to do that. And have him ask me mm-hmm. questions, but next to topics that I felt he really needed to know about, I put next to those. Mm-hmm. Be sure, be sure to ask me, um, and you may have to push a little. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It. Um, and it's working out great. Yeah, it's working out really great. Um, and we laughed though because um, I think you and I talked about it um, earlier today. Is that. Um, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep waiting because it always it. does, right? Like, where's the bad? Like, where, where's the bad stuff? You know, um, when's it? When's it going to finally, you know, pop out? Um, and he laughs at me and he says, "Stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. There is no other shoe. 
I promise you. And I believe in what you said, but yeah. So did you make that your screensaver? There is no other shoe. There is no other shoe. No. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, yes, Lori has had a few years of growing. Um, but I will tell you, the person that's sitting with me now in the room is not the same person that I met three, shoot, five years, five or six oh, yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and her journey has been incredible, and she could probably teach my classes at this point because mm -hmm. she has been, one, around me long enough, but two, been through the same and um, even more in certain instances than I and some of my other clients have had. So, Lori, thank you for being here. You did great. I expected you to laugh a lot more. I know. So, so <laughs> anybody who listened to my previous podcast that was on humor, the next one I do that's on humor, I will make sure Lori is attending. <laughs> Um, again, don't forget the conference is in 10 days. If you can't attend the conference, the Freedom Me online coaching program is available as a self-study, and right now it's the same price as a conference ticket. So uh, thank you. Thank you also for giving me a review, and thank you for sharing the podcast.